The following is a paid presentation on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255. Oh, on a hot day, we're here to cool the markets. Paul is here. Frank is here. We're all alive and well. Good morning, gentlemen. Geez, we take one week off and we're completely lost here. I know. know. Nice to be back on, though. It is. Hey, listen, what a great golf tournament you had. That's the last time I saw you. You raised a load of money, and uh, it turned out like fantastic again. Always the best golf tournament. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I mean, obviously, Frank's one of our, our major sponsors, so thanks to Frank for, for sponsoring the tournament every year. Uh, and uh, thanks, Steve, for uh, for emceeing the tournament for us this year. Uh, you did an amazing job. And, and, and everyone that helped us raise a lot of money for charity it was amazing. The auction went so smooth, and the live and the silent was awesome. It was a beautiful day. Uh, you know, lots of food and drink, lots of prizes. And the, the main thing is we raised a lot of money for charity. So thanks again for, for you guys, too. Hey, listen, when I was emceeing, I got really busy, so I, I assume Frank won the tournament this year oh oh uh, let's what happened? say the You'd... math the the rushfort math came into effect this week <laughs> the so you know what what people don't realize at the start of the tournament we draw names out of a hat in front of everybody to see who goes and shoots for the million dollars at the end and there's eight golfers that go and shoot for the million dollars and of course the last golfer i pull is my son <laughs> and then he ends up winning the tournament Beat Frank. <laughs> took the, took the but, championship trophy but, away from Frank. But I also saw him take that million-dollar shot. Not impressed. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's Not funny? He was, he was so nervous. He could hardly even speak going back there. He was I'll so bet. nervous. I'll yeah. bet. No, yeah. good for him. But he did drive by me, and I said, hey, by the way, what's three times five? He goes, I don't know. I said, all right, you answered my question. <laughs> speaking of numbers boy yeah. strange numbers in july very strange but it's, i i think we probably predicted this was going to happen we knew the market was 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 putting the brakes on uh you know frank will talk a little bit about this in a sec about the you know what the interest rates have done to this market but you know the number of sales was down almost 36 percent. so i mean we went from you know 1718 sales last year to 1110 so really really dropped residential was way down uh, condo was way down. Uh, they're 35 and 34% uh, respectively. Our average sale price was up 3.8%. It went up to 645. But keep in mind, every month before this, we've been in the sevens. So really, really put the brakes on the market. If we look at year to date, our number of sales is down almost 19%, uh, which is not abnormal for what we've seen so far in the last probably three or four months. Our average sale price is up 9.9%. So we're at 719000 to end July, which is still way better than where we started the year at 645000 But our last three months have been, we've gone from, you know, a peak in April of 739 to 735 in May, 727 in June, and 719 in July. So people are saying, okay, the last four months, the average sale price has gone downhill. We're in trouble. This is crazy. We're still up $74,000 on the average sale price in the last seven months. So people don't panic. Uh, I'm dealing with a lot of sellers right now that are are, are panicked, uh, are worried. Uh, people hitting the market, should they be renting it now? We're getting lots of rentals because of that. Just keep in mind, there's some areas that are still hot, some areas that are dragging, and some areas that are lagging. So, um, you know, it's still a good time to sell. Just temper your expectations. Things aren't selling overnight. Our, our months of inventory has gone from, you know, two weeks 
to residential is almost up to three months now. So we're, we're teetering towards a, a balanced market. We're teetering towards a normal market, a little quicker than what we expected to, but it's getting closer to a balanced market now. And, and Frank, you can comment on, you know, the breaks have been put on this market, and there's mainly one of the major reasons, if not one of the only reasons, is the interest rates. Yeah, no question. I mean, uh, you know, what I will say is I bet you if, if you did some research into the house sales, Paul, beginning of the year, I bet you there were some houses that were selling in the, you know, upper millions that that drove up that average price where, where I'm willing to bet with the interest rates where they are now, you know, somebody might be holding off on buying that. Never mind that it's really put the brakes on first-time home buyers, but even ones that were buying more expensive homes, you know, they have to look at their cost overall and know that their mortgage is large enough that with these elevated interest rates, it probably deters them from buying those more expensive homes. But, you know, the good news in all of this is that the bond market has started to retract, even though it had a couple of upswings this week. But overall, over the last two weeks, uh, the bond market has started to retract, and the non-bank lenders have all lowered their fixed interest rates. So, you know, we've got lenders now at 4.5% for a five-year fix. And, you know, you're sorry, you're, like, Frank, you're cutting out there. Did you say 4.5%? 4.5%, yes. So, you know, I almost feel like uh, like we're a... Uh, uh, a gas station now where, you know, we hit a dollar fifty, we think we're getting a deal at four and a half we're getting a deal, but we're not really. I mean at the end of the day, uh, you know, this is uh you know, I think the market is starting to see that there's a recession forthcoming and I think the bond market usually is ahead of the curve. And uh, you know, it feels like we're starting to see the numbers. The job job numbers came out now crazy enough. Job numbers were absolutely over the moon in the U.S. Jobs traded in the U.S. were were off the charts, but in Canada, they've come down a little bit. So, um, you know, but the but the unemployment rates stay the same for some reason. So, is uh, is Frank you know, very staticky to you, Steve? Yeah, he's horrible. Yeah, you know what though, Paul? I think Frank is right about uh, the million dollar homes factoring in because condos only went up one percent, right? Uh, last month, condos went up 1.4%. Yeah, where residential went up 4.5. Yeah, it's what we're seeing. And Frank is is very right there when when it, when he's when we talk about the higher end homes. I mean, we have a home. I have a home right now on the guarantee that would have would have been well over a million dollars is is under that now. Uh, so we're seeing the higher end homes. You're right. I mean, people discretionary spending's down. Uh, people are trying to save their dollars right now. Um, so it's a little bit crazy in that way. I mean, our listings are through the roof right now. I mean, we're we're pouring listings on the market, which is good news for buyers. Uh, you know, we're at almost 3,600 listings on the market. Wow. And when, you, when you throw rentals in there, we're almost at 4,300 on the market right now. So it's uh, it's it's crazy what's happening with, with the, the, the listings that are hitting the market. Uh, you know, in the last seven days, 620 homes were listed where only 286 were sold. So it's, it's, it, listings are pouring on, the sales are dropping. However, saying that, the new listings by week is still the lowest in the last four years, and the sold properties by week continue to drop, and they're way lower than the last four years for the, for the sales. The average sale price had a slight drop, but still well above uh, the last four years. So we're, 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 what, what's happening right now is I think in the last two years we've been spoiled 
um, sellers have been spoiled yeah. with what's been happening with the average sale price. And I, and I think what's happening is we're starting to normalize, especially realtors have got in the business for the last two or in the last two and two and a half years. They're like, what is this crazy market? I'm like, this is called a normal market. This is where people have time to look at homes and make selections and do home inspections and put conditions in for financing. And this is what we call a normal market. So it's, I always laugh with the, with the newbie agents when they think this is like some foreign market. I'm like, no, 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 this is just what real estate's all about we we got cheated over the last two years and you know really it was an an easy market for realtors i mean an easy market for selling realtors a tough market for buying realtors you know what Uh, though paul when you look at sales we're five-year average like i think it's unfair to compare this year to last year last year was home run year it was home run year yeah the number of sales though number of sales is the lowest in five years by a mile the number of sales it's it's way down compared to where we have been the last five years um you know sorry saying that that is we're talking about the month of july so yeah, yeah. July. yeah, yeah, but I mean but overall, right? Yeah, overall we're yeah, overall we're we're absolutely healthy. Getting back into a balanced market. This is where the realtors sharpen their skills and 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 go back to actually having to do some solid solid work for for sellers and for buyers. So, like I mentioned, normal market. Don't panic if you're a seller. I know you feel like you've missed the market. You're still up. The average sale price is still way up compared to where it would have been if we didn't go through these last two years. So don't panic at all. I was working with someone the other day who. She was upset because her house is. She felt the value was around nine fifty, where she thought she could have get about. She could have got a million probably in Feb, March, April, and she might be right. But then I reminded her two years earlier, her house wasn't even worth seven hundred. Yeah, you know. So I, I you just have to remind the sellers that you don't feel bad. Your house is skyrocketed in value. Have you missed the market a little bit like we have in the start of the year? Yes, you have. But you're still well above where you should have been if we didn't go through this crazy two years. Frank, are you all sorted out there? I think so. Can you hear me better? Yeah, much better. Yeah, much better. Much better. Good. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> so, it's so much better without the dog on your lap. <laughs> hey, when are the banks going to follow the non-bank lenders, Frank? Well, I'd like to think they'll do it this week, but oddly enough, I spoke to a couple of bank officials this week, and both of them mentioned that the spreads aren't are just right right now. So I said, really? So how come they're right for you guys and not right for the non-banks who, coincidentally, you actually give money to lend out on? So uh, you know what? At the end of the day, uh, customers have a choice. And uh, in a lot of cases, when you work with a mortgage broker, you're likely to get better options than you are through your bank. So, uh, you know, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, I think, you know, it's okay to give your bank a shot at it. But it also makes a lot of sense to uh, reach out to a mortgage broker and see if there's uh, something better out there for you. How bad are the penalties right now for people trying to get out of mortgages that got a mortgage maybe three years ago? Yeah, oddly enough, I mean, the penalty is is bad, but it doesn't make any sense. And I've had to talk a couple of customers off of breaking their mortgage over the last week or so because, you know, one of them is at 2.49. I said, why would you give up? So, the, so again, figure this out. The bank is going to charge you to break your mortgage at 2.49 and give you a new one at 5%. I don't know how they would, I I don't know how it makes sense for them to charge you to get out of that. They should be paying you to get out of it in in, in this case. But uh, that's why it doesn't make sense. And I will say you're better off almost to get a private mortgage in that scenario. Yes, you might pay seven, eight, 9%. But if your first mortgage is for 400,000 and you need 50,000, do not give up the 2.49% on 400,000 you're better off just to pay the 7 or 8% on the 50000 for the short term until your mortgage comes up for maturity. Yeah. Hey, what do you think fall's going to be like, guys? Fall? I, I think I think we're going to have, to be honest with you, we're going to have a tough six months. 
I think until the interest rates normalize a little bit, um, I think we're going to have a tough six months. Um, and, I, and I know it's a it's a panic for a lot of sellers out there, even a lot of buyers and a lot of realtors out there and mortgage brokers. It's a little bit of a panic. But I think at this time right now, you need to sharpen your skills, load your cannons, and do the right thing to come out of this in 2023. And I think for the rest of 2022, I think we are going to have a bit of a tough market. Uh, still, buyers have lots of choice. And sellers, your home is still going to sell. But when I say it's going to be a tough market, it's going to be what we're seeing right now, I believe, for the rest of this year until we can see some some normalization in the interest rates, which I hope will come by the start of 2023. Tougher than what we used to call a normal market? No, I don't think tougher than a normal market. I just think what's happened is is we've been... We've been, um, you know, intoxicated on this crazy market, and I think people are now seeing this normal market thinking it's a really, really bad market, and it's not a bad market. It's called a normal market. So I think we're going to see this normal market for the rest of the year uh, until 2023, and I don't think the days of us going up, you know, 20 and 30% a year, uh, I think those are, are, are gone. Um, I think we might be a little bit more of a normal market going into 2023. Uh, but I think the springs, the spring market, which starts in early January, mid January, I think is, will be quite robust, just not crazy like we've seen over the last two years. And again, it will depend on interest rates, right, Frank? Yeah, it will. But I'll say this, Paul. I think what's happening now is these high interest rates have pretty well got all first time home buyers on the sidelines, which, you know, as we know, the first time home buyers are what spur the market on. So, you know, are they piling up? So, in other words, are first-time home buyers piling up over the next six months, seven months? And then, you know, once, you know, maybe not January, but in February and March, when the interest rates, I think, because the inflation numbers will start to calm down throughout, you know, throughout the rest of 2022. But into early 2023, we should be back at the 2 or 3% inflation. And then if a recession does hit, then we'll start to see the interest rates come back down. And then is there a whole bunch of first-time homebuyers that have sat on the sidelines for six to eight months that all of a sudden are back on the market and is this craziness going to start over again because they piled up? That's going to be the big question because if rates do get into the low threes, high twos, then I think they're all coming back out of the woodwork. And all of a sudden now we're going to have and, – and, and, and listen, the one thing that's gone away over the last three months is the supply issues that we still have. They haven't gone away just because we've got more real estate supply doesn't mean that we don't have to, the government doesn't have to make sure that they enforce that they're continuing to build more homes because just because people have sat on the sidelines doesn't mean that they're not waiting for the interest rates to come down and they want homes. And if they don't fix the supply issue, I'm afraid that we might have what we just went through over the last two years. We might have another one of those crazy periods where over a three or four month period, we could see a huge demand for homes and less supply, and all of a sudden we're going to see the craziness again. You know what? You know what is crazy and has gone through the roof is the rental market. The, the prices mm-hmm. of the rental market. I mean, what we're seeing too is a lot of our sellers have now decided to rent their property mainly because it's a home run to rent right now. Because a lot of these first-time home buyers that Frank's talking about that are sitting on the sidelines, they got to live somewhere. Yeah. They have to live somewhere, and, and they don't want to live in mom and dad's basement, so they're actually starting to go into the rental market. So we're seeing the rental market just boom, where a, you know, a, a townhouse in suburbia just you know, three, four months ago was, was you know, 2000, 21, you know, for a large one, maybe 22. We're now looking at 25 and 27 for townhomes in, in suburbia. Like, it's, it's absolutely crazy the way the rental market's going. Can you not buy a townhouse these days for six, seven hundred again now, Paul? Do they have they come down a little bit? 
they've definitely come down. They've definitely come down. You can definitely get something in the sixes now, whereas before, if you got something in the sixes, that was a that was a steal. Now it's it's very common to find townhomes in the sixes. Um, in fact, I saw one the other day, a middle unit, really really small one in the fives. Yeah. So yeah, so we're we're seeing the townhouse market, and I think the townhouse market. We're seeing a lot of the really fast moving suburbia markets, and I don't want to name them because in case someone is in that area, and you know, you know, if you're in an area that's struggling right now to sell. Um, but townhomes are, they got to the point where people are like, what? I'm paying 800000 for a townhome? Why don't I go buy a, a single for 900000 So the townhouse market got hit really hard because people couldn't fathom paying that much money for a townhome when, you know, six, seven, eight, ten months ago, they could have got a single for that price. Well, and yeah. it got hit hard because that's where a lot of people start, right? That's where your first your first home would be a townhome. Like well, Frank, and Frank, Frank talks yeah. about that. Frank yeah. actually said, like, that's the first time home buyer product. And now a first time home buyer, the interest rates have gone through the roof. How can they afford 800000 They just can't. You know who else is out of the market? Investors. Yep. Like investors that would normally buy a townhome, again, just like a first time home buyer, they might buy a townhome. Because it cash flows. Well, guess what it doesn't do anymore? Not even close to cash flowing. So, therefore, we've eliminated not only the first-time home buyers, but investors from the market. So, that's a big chunk of, of you know, buyers that are now just sitting on the sidelines because it just doesn't make sense to buy. And both of those hit townhomes. Most, yeah. Mostly townhomes or even rental units. That you know, Paul's talking about the rental units. He's absolutely right where you know, you're getting twenty five, twenty seven hundred, but those are for people that own them already and are probably in two or three percent mortgages which can afford it. If those mortgages come up for renewal, that's why they gotta ask for the extra rent. Because if their mortgage is coming up for renewal in the next six months or a year and they're faced with instead of a two and a half percent mortgage, now they're looking at a four and a half percent mortgage, that's a huge hit on their payments, their monthly payments. And if they were just neutral cash flow at that point, all of a sudden now they're losing three, four hundred bucks a month and who's gonna pay that? The new tenant's gonna pay it. Yeah, yeah. If you try to buy a townhome today, Paul, you're probably seven, eight hundred in the ditch, right? If you're renting it out, at least, yeah, at least, yeah, yeah. Which is tough. Which is tough for an investor to fathom buying an investment that's losing money. It really is. You know what? You know what's super popular, and I know you and you guys with Josh on the show last week or the week before talked about it. My guarantee, my guarantee. I'm running all over the city looking at homes for the guarantee, and in fact, I'm about to take over two listings from other agents who called me and said. Can you please take over this listing for me? They're friends of mine. It's, I can't sell their house. Can you please come and guarantee their property? So I have two guarantees on the market right now, and I have two from other realtors that I'm going to see this week. So it's, 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 it's becoming – and if you would have told me two months ago I would be guaranteeing homes, I would have laughed at you. Yeah. In fact, I almost changed my uh, my message on everything is, you know, your home sold or I'll buy it. I almost changed a lot of my messaging as we were going through this market because it was irrelevant. Like it was the message was not the right message because the homes were selling overnight. Now that message is very, very relevant. Well, this in a market like this is where your guarantee shines. Oh, it's where it shines. And, you know, I had one client call me and said, yeah, but my realtor says it's a gimmick. Like, <laughs> how, is, how is it a gimmick? I tell you up front what I'm going to buy your house for. You either say, yes, I'll do it, or no, I won't. Yeah. We, we try to sell your house as normal at the price we agree to. And if it sells, we rip up my contract and you get the better dollar. Yeah. You know, so it's just, yeah. it's like an insurance policy. I mean, we're, what we're going through right now, people need that insurance policy that they have their house sold but they're going to try to do better. Well, especially if they bought another house. And that's where it hops on the financing side, right? So so I'll tell you that on the financing side, the big fear that the lenders have today is that they're not going to be able to sell their home, where that wasn't even a concern three months ago, where now, you know, they're doing bridge financing. And I'll give you an example 
uh, one of my uh, one of our clients uh, had their home sold. We did a bridge loan. Four days after they got possession of their new home, they called us and they said the buyers have walked away from from mm. the purchase. So they sold that home for four hundred seventy five thousand dollars back in March. Now they sold it again. Luckily for them, they sold it again. They took a huge hit. They sold it for four hundred thousand dollars. They lost seventy five thousand dollars on their sale because of bad timing. And luckily, there was enough equity there to cover the bridge loan. But that's the risk to the lenders. And sometimes clients, you know, take it for granted that their house is sold guaranteed. But we are seeing lately that there there's some buyers walking away from some of the agreements that were made three, four months ago. Yep. 521-TALK, 521-8255. Break for the news, and then we'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back with Paul Rushworth and Frank Napolitano. To the phones we go, say hello to Jill and Barhaven. Hello, Jill. Hello there. <clears throat> Love your Morning. show, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. I have a question regarding bridge financing. Uh, <clears throat> I wanted to know, if is, is bridge financing complicated to get in this current real estate market? Uh, it's not complicated. There's a little bit more of a risk for most lenders because a firm sale doesn't necessarily turn out to be a firm sale, depending on when it happens. Some of the lenders are a little tighter on them. Uh, what's your scenario? Have you sold your house? Because that's what bridge financing. A lot of people think the bridge financing is they bought a house, but they haven't sold their home yet, and they're just hoping they're going to sell their home, and that's not bridge financing. No. Bridge financing basically entails you purchase the home, it's uh, firm, so no conditions outstanding, but the same has to happen to the house that you've sold. You've sold your home, it is firm, there's no conditions outstanding, and the only reason you're, you're looking for bridge financing is because there's a gap in the closing dates where the one you might take might be uh, September 1st and the one you sold is September 15th or September 30th. So bridge loans are available. Most lenders anywhere between one day to uh, some lenders have it as high as 90 to 120 days. But generally, what we see is a two- or three-week period is what a standard bridge loan is uh, for. Right. Well, that, that's, so. kind of, that's kind of my situation. My house is sold and the purchase is sold. We, everything is, is complete, and, and I've yep. got a gap of four days. Okay. And the bank and has been uh, giving me a hard time. I mean, they've had this, this application that I put in for three weeks now, and they're, uh, I don't know, what's going on? I mean, uh, When's the closing date? When's well, the closing date, Shell? August 22nd on the purchase yeah. and August 26th on the sale. So, and are you, uh, do you have a current mortgage with the bank that they're porting it over or what's nope, the scenario there is, on that? there is no mortgage. Are you getting a mortgage on the new one? No. That's your problem. Yeah. <laughs> right there. <laughs> right? Uh, That's the issue right there is that from a bank's perspective, they're saying, oh, wait a second, we're taking a whole lot of risk right. for four or five days and we don't even have a piece of business at the end of it. That's where the bank is dragging you along. I think they really don't want to do it. And what they're hoping for is that you just go away. Honestly, uh, I think you have to stay on them. Do you have any other business with that bank? Well, I have all my, my, my personal and business banking there. That's uh, your leverage. So you got to use that as your leverage. So here's what you got to do. Again, my, my advice is you call the bank and you say, listen, I've given you three weeks. I'm going to give you another few days. If you don't, honor my bridge loan, I am going to, and you have to, you have to be strict with them and firm. Not only am I going to get the bridge loan in another bank, I'm moving out of my business to the other bank because that's the only leverage you have right now. Because honestly, 
the reason they're not getting back to you is they'd rather you go somewhere else to get the bridge loan, but they don't want to lose the rest of your business. Why you got to let them know, and they think you're going to be loyal to them. So the only way they're going to think you're not going to be loyal to them is by actually telling them, I am moving everything over. If you guys don't do this bridge loan, everything is being moved to whichever bank does my bridge loan. And you have to be firm with them. That's what I told them. I said, I'm moving everything out if I don't get some action here. And uh, they seem to be working a little harder at it. But you're right. I think they're not interested in the business. They're not, because because it's a risk for them, right? I I, I mean, banks don't want risk. But there's a risk that if your firm sale doesn't go through, all of a sudden now they're stuck. Now, that being said, I think the documentation could clearly state that they're giving a bridge loan, but should the firm sale go through, they're going to register, uh, not go through, they're going to register a mortgage and get a lawyer involved. They can do that yeah. so that they're protected. But nonetheless, they'd rather, and I'll tell you, um, again, it's it sounds bad, but the banks pay their sales reps inside the branch to generate revenue. This is not a revenue generator for them. So you've got branch personnel that don't really want to give it an effort because yeah. they're putting effort into something that doesn't necessarily help their sales goals. And it sucks yeah, but that's, to hear that. That's, but short-sighted. That's, that's short-sighted, Frank, short-sighted. because all of the other revenue they're getting from his other business. But, but that sales rep isn't getting credit for that other revenue. That's the problem. That's, right. The bank has formed this kind of, uh, you know, the, uh, the sales goals for people, and it doesn't count if you're helping somebody and the the uh, the revenue is already being generated. You don't that person doesn't get credit for it, so that's where it doesn't make a lot of sense. Would it make more sense to get a line of credit instead? Then, well, he could, right? I mean, I, I mean, you could apply for a secured line of credit on your home and then just use it. You know, I would say that again, it's four days, so so it's a lot of effort. And if you're never going to use it, maybe you don't want it. You want your house to be free and clear, but that's a way around it. Apply for a home equity line of credit, and then they have to give you the bridge loan. Right. And then you have the line of credit for the future. So, I, I mean, that's another way to do it. And then the line of credit's only at prime plus a half where the bridge loans generally most banks are prime plus three to prime plus five. So much different. Yeah, they're expensive. My bridge loan was eight point two percent. that I needed yeah. it for three ways. I paid eighteen hundred dollars in interest for, for yeah, 18. Yeah, prime plus five. Yeah, yeah, prime plus five. A lot of banks are prime plus five, where on a uh, home equity line of credit, you're prime plus point a half. Now, again, it's only four days. So, you know, it's not going to make a big difference. Most people's bridge loans are in the, you know, like I said, a week, two-week period for four days. And, again, if you want your house to be free and clear, then that's not the answer. But but if you don't care and you use the line of credit and then you pay it off when your house sells and then you still have it for the future, that's the avenue that I would go. And then you'll see that you'll get a much quicker response on your bridge loan. Oh, here's a quick question. I'm, I've, I've contacted my real estate agent and said, what do you think if we if we change the closing date on the sale to make it the same day? Yeah, your um, lawyer won't like it, but the real estate agent will be okay with it. It's the lawyer that's going to say, "Man, that's hard." I, I don't understand because ten, fifteen years ago, the lawyers actually had to go at the registry office to do this, right? And somehow they can make the transaction happen on the same day. But fast forward to today, where they do everything from the comfort of their desks. And most lawyers will tell you, uh-uh, it's too much work. It's too hard to close on the same day. It's, it's a bit of a risk closing on the same day, too. I mean, if something happens, if there's a snag with your sale or a snag with your purchase, it's, it's you know, you could, be, you could be in the same position, too. But I agree right. with Frank. I mean, doing a bridge loan for four days, the bank, there's no money in for the bank, and that's why they're not, you know, going lickety-split on this Are there, are there other, other choices out there who would have an interest? 
Yeah, there's Absolutely. private lenders out there, but you're paying an, ex- an extra fee. Like, private lenders will charge you 1% to 2% of the bridge amount up front. So, right. you know, that's an expensive fee to pay. You know, if I, if, if I was in your shoes, I mean, I would do the home equity line of credit. If I was in your shoes, I'd say, you know what, give me a home equity line of credit that guarantees me the bridge loan and actually take 65% of the value of your new purchase because that's how much you can get. Mm-hmm. Take that because then you're getting that four days of prime plus a half, and then you're only doing the bridge loan for the remainder and then, again, at the end of four or five days, you're paying off both of those. The interest is, is, is less than it would have been if you do a whole bridge. Right. And, and then at the end of it, you still have that home equity line of credit available to you should you need funds down the road for anything. And then you take that money and go straight to the casino. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, Jill. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks. Thank right. you. You know, Frank, you... Uh, you- about the fact of you know needing a bridge loan and stuff like that it, it's nerve wracking. Like when I sold my property, I had an 18 day overlap where I was in you know I was in the new house. I had the new house I already paid for it. Had the bridge loan. Same with my girlfriend. She had a full month with the bridge loan, and um, I was worried that the buyers were not going to come through because I mean I hit yeah. a home, I hit a home run on my house. She hit a grand slam on her house, and I, I was worried that one of them was going to decide to back out and we're going to have to sue them and that. So it, it's nerve wracking, especially in, in the landscape of today's market where where values are, are coming down a little bit. I think there's a lot of people who bought that are like, damn, I, I paid too much. But yeah. one, thing, one thing I'll say to you guys is real estate is a long-term play. Yeah. If, you, if you feel like you overpaid a little bit, and I've said this before, I overpaid for my East End office and I overpaid for my West End office. And everyone was like, why are you paying that much? I'm like, real estate's a long-term play. Now, those two purchases look like a slam, slam dunk. But so just don't panic. If you feel like you, you might have overpaid a little bit, you know, two, three, four months ago, I wouldn't panic because in another six months, you're probably looking at the more, more than what you paid for it anyways. So this is yeah, what well, people so, forget about bridge loans, though. Uh, sorry, Steve, just, uh, you know, just one more thing on the bridge loan. You know, people always ask me, what's the cost of a bridge loan? I always say, listen, the cost of the bridge loan itself is the smaller piece of the pie, but everybody focuses on it. The bigger piece of the pie is the fact that during that 18 days and 30 days, you and you and Petra owned two homes. So therefore, you had two utilities, two insurances, two mortgages. That's way more expensive than the bridge loan itself. The bridge loan is a small cost necessary for most people because they want that. They want that gap. They want that four day, seven day, 18 day gap to be able to move everything at their own pace, maybe paint their new house, maybe change the flooring. It gives them that flexibility to do that without everything in there. And then moving in, it's nice and ready to move in. But again, I mean, don't focus just on the bridge loan itself because that's the small cost. The big cost is the fact that you own two homes for that number of days that, uh, uh, you know, until your sale goes through. Oh, I looked at I looked at my online banking, and I'm like, oh my god, look at all the mortgages I have and loans I have. And I'm like, geez. and then the nice thing about it, as soon as my house sold and I got the check and I put it in, I saw all these things disappear. I'm like, nice. Now nice. you're you're right though, eh, Paul? You are on pins and needles until those deals close. You really are. And I, I actually talked to a commercial agent one time, and he was like, you know what? I, I don't celebrate until that check is in my hand because you never know when it's going to fall apart. And I said, well, in the residential game, that never happens, like once in a blue moon. Yeah. But the way the market's been right now, we're seeing it more and more. I mean, we saw it in Toronto two years ago when they peaked and then dropped like a valley. We saw people trying to get out of their deals. And, and like I said, I just remind you, I mean, I, I probably paid a little bit too much for the house I'm in right now, but it's a long-term game. And in a year, I'm, I probably underpaid for this house. Yeah. So it's just just remember that. You didn't overpay it. Long-term game. 521-TALK, 521-8255. Back with our final segment in minutes. 
we return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Steve Gregory back with Frank Napolitano and Paul Rushforth. And back to the phones we go to Riverside and say hello to Helen. Hello, Helen. Oh, hi there. Hi there. Good morning. <laughs> Wakey. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing great. Awesome. Good. Well, um, hopefully you guys are in the AC all day. Yeah, it's going to be a hot one. Yeah, luckily we're not stuck in the same room. I couldn't stand them. <laughs> I hear that every week. <laughs> How can we help um, you, Helen? Well, question is, I'm almost close to uh, being able to say that my house, I never, I don't have to pay mortgage again. Right. And so um, I'm wondering if I can... I, I knew there was a law in Canada where you could sell your home to your your son or, or daughter for a dollar. Is that still true? I don't think so. No, no, I don't. I mean, no, I don't think that is that is true. It's something you might want to check with your accountant on. Um, Can you gift what, what it you, though? Could you? Well, why does it matter if you're giving it to your son? Why does it matter your daughter? Because you're not paying capital gains if it's a home you've lived in anyway, so there's no tax implications on it. So you could sell it at market value. You can sell a little below market value, but I think are you trying to avoid you see you're trying to avoid tax by doing it for a dollar, they don't have to pay the land transfer tax. So Right, yes. But but then you can sell it for like what's your house worth? Six hundred thousand? Yeah. So the first three hundred and sixty eight thousand is land transfer tax free anyway, if it's their first home. So they'd only pay the land transfer tax on the difference. Now, if it's worth six hundred, you might be able to get her, get away with selling it for four fifty or five hundred, assuming they don't need a mortgage and you're just giving it to them. But if they need a mortgage, you can't they sell won't it need for a dollar. Yeah, okay. Well, then if that's the case, then you know, come up with a reasonable number that is not going to uh, raise the attention of anyone at CRA and. Uh, or, or 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 in any tax department, and uh, you know they got to pay a minimal amount of land transfer tax if that's the case. What are you as trying to do? What, what are you trying to do? Just uh, like tell me your your end game here, and I'll tell you what, if something's possible. Well, the end game is um, I, I'm separated, and they they have another property with their their father that they'll move into. The end game for them would be to use this as a rental unit for them. So, so then, if that's the case, you might want to elevate the price because if you sell it to them for four fifty, and then they sell it five years down the road for six fifty, they're going to have to pay capital gains on two hundred thousand. Yeah. Oh. Because it's a rental. If they were living in it, it's different. I don't. I mean, I I, I love my I love my kids, and I want to set them up financially. But I'm not just going to give them a house. I mean, <laughs> are, are you are you just you know financially set that you're okay to do this? Or I mean, are you know, like I'm assuming you want to? Oh make no, I'm going to I'm going to be moving in with them in another property. Okay. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah again, check. you know what? It's your money. It's your choice, Helen. At the end of the day. I would seek, uh, you know, like Paul said, you, you know, you want to talk to a lawyer or accountant, make sure you do it the right way so that you're not drawing attention of anyone. Um, right, I and just then, don't want to be dinged. You know no, what I, you know what I case, would do? Right? You know what I would do, Helen? I would keep the house and I would rent it out and I would pay my kids rent to stay with them. Oh. Well, 
Okay. No, then she's uh, not giving it to the kids, and maybe she wants to give it to the kids. Right. But again, you I mean, that's no, that story. makes a lot more sense because they're going to be working hard. They've got to work hard for the rest of their lives, too. Yeah. And this way I can build equity and, and put money away for them down the road. And yeah, well, The other thing you can do is you can put your kids on title. You know, it's going to cost you through the lawyers, but you can, I mean, putting your kids on title, eventually uh, it will be their property. You're going, okay. with, you're going with my idea, aren't you, Helen? Yes, I, I really love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good luck. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Helen. Yeah, that'd be a good way to do it, right? At least that way, you know, the kids are still getting the rental income every month from their mom, and the moms make a little extra money renting out her place, and everybody's happy. Yeah, could do that. Steve caught your breath. I should have. So I should have been a marriage counselor, huh? Yeah, you should have. Oh, you're, you're single, right? So I don't know, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I know all the pitfalls now. <laughs> Speaking of which, if anybody's bought a house in the last year or two, they better stay together, huh? Well, yeah, yeah, they better stay together because if you're looking to sell, you might be in a little bit of trouble. Yeah. Well, but you're getting good equity out of it, so let's call it you a spade. I mean, you know, if you bought a house two years ago with someone and your the relationship's not working out and you have to sell, at least you're both walking out of there with some money where, you know, in a normal market, you know, if you wait two years, by the time you pay the real estate commissions, the land transfer tax, the legal fees, potentially the penalty to break it, all of a sudden you're in the hole. So, you know, at least, the, you know... Over the last two years, at least, you're probably coming out of it with some money. Hey, Paul, if, yeah. you're, if you're buying a house today, should you expect to pay list price or a little below now? There are certain pockets where you're definitely negotiating on price. Uh, absolutely. There's certain pockets where you might just have to go in list, and there's still certain pockets where you're going into bidding wars over list. So just know what pockets you're in and what you can do, um, because there's a lot now that are, I mean, when my team, every time we sell a house, we send out a team email, and we're seeing a lot of them that, you know, home listed for 739 got it for 722 yeah. you know? so And it depends on the area, right? It does depend on the area. You know, just before we, we end here, you know, you talked about, you know, over the last couple of years, if you bought a house, it could be a little bit underwater. Keep in mind, our average sale price is 719 average sale price. In 2019, our average sale price was 441 Wow. So you have definitely made money on your property, regardless if you bought it and, and needed to sell. Yeah, you might have sold for a little bit more in February, March, and April, uh, but you're still way ahead of the game no matter when you bought your house. Birthdays, Frank? Yeah, I've got a couple. Uh, Darren Sador, big Darren, who missed Paul's golf tournament, unfortunately. That would have put us maybe a little bit ahead, but uh, celebrated his birthday this week. And my favorite mother-in-law celebrated her birthday this week, so happy birthday to her. And, uh, uh, you know, last week I was at a wedding. Bianca, my niece Bianca, got married, so congratulations to Bianca. At another wedding today, uh, Amelia and Matthew, so celebrating their wedding today. And... Starting next week, uh, we are the major sponsor for a great musical festival, which is Nostalgia Festival, which happens the third week of August at La Breton Flats. And I'm going to be giving tickets away to everybody that calls into the show for the next three weekends. Nice. So, uh, oh, I'm and I'm trying like to get sure. you guys. And I'm trying to get you guys to come to one or two of the shows because I think you guys would love it. Awesome. Awesome. Nice. Paul, you yeah, got I anything? Know, I know. I know I should have birthdays, and every time I get off the phone, Patrick's like, you know, you forgot this person, you forgot that person. <laughs> Frank makes me look bad, so I, I don't even know. I probably do, but I don't know. <laughs> Paul at paulrushworth.com. Frank N. at mortgagebrokersottawa.com. Have a great week, gentlemen. Have a great, have a great week, everyone. Cool, and please support local businesses and charities, everyone. Bye, bro.